This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. Uh, as usual, I am one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma. I am the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering here at USC. Well, Audrey, here we are still zooming through our podcast episodes. And uh, with this one, you bring another one that I think is really relevant to the time. Uh, it's, it's all about uh, design teams. Is that right? Yeah. So, This is an episode that's sort of meant to answer the question, how are student design teams functioning remotely? Um, So I think USC has a really uh, rich culture of design teams. I think almost every Viterbi student is involved in in some form of design team in one way or another. Um, And these are largely student-led teams that um, allow you to get hands-on experience starting um, your first year um, and build something real and oftentimes compete with, with other schools. So this episode highlights um, USC's Aero Design Team, um, which is the Design Build Fly chapter at USC. So they build um, an RC plane and then um, compete against other schools um, in a competition at the end of the year. And then the other design team this podcast highlights is Concrete Canoe. Um, so they, as the name suggests, builds a canoe. They build a canoe made of concrete and then compete at the American Society of Civil Engineers uh, competition with, with their canoe. Yeah, I think this is a great episode because you're right. The idea of design teams is is a big part of a student's journey when students want more hands-on activity. Aero design team, concrete canoe, just two examples, but also students are involved in formula style race racing team, uh, Rocket Lab, which are, we have so many episodes on. Um, uh, there's a number of different computer programming organizations. So I'm really glad to hear that you, you got some information from them as to how they've been attempting to operate in the pandemic. And so let's get out of the way and start hearing directly from them. Welcome to the podcast, Neeraj. Um, thanks for being here. Thank do you, you wanna, for having me. Do you want to first just introduce yourself, um, what you're studying, what year you are, um, where you're from? Yeah, so my name is Neeraj. Uh, I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering. I'm originally from Moscow, Idaho. Awesome. Thanks. And are you in LA currently or in Idaho? I am in LA. I've been here for most of the semester, but I'm actually going back home this weekend, uh, finishing the rest of it back home. Nice, nice. Um, And so today we're talking about kind of how design teams are functioning remotely. And I know throughout your time at USC, you've been super involved with Aero Design Team. Um, first, you want to kind of just talk about what Aero Design Team is and, and what, what you've done with the group. Yeah. So the Aero, Di- Aero Design Team is the University of Southern California's uh, entrant into the Design Build Fly competition. Design Build Fly is an electric plane or electric remote control plane competition uh, sponsored by AIAA, which is the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. And basically what they ask us to do is design a brand new plane every year 
and the rules are every single every year are different. So for last year, we had to design a plane that would be able to tow a banner behind it. And so kind of the challenges for that were how do we design a banner that's stable aerodynamically and minimize the drag on it? And for this year, this competition year, it's to drag a sensor behind it. And the sensor has to be a certain weight. Once again, it has to be aerodynamically stable. And it really does become a competition of how well can we understand the rules? Because sometimes the fastest plane isn't the highest scoring plane or the lightest plane isn't the highest scoring plane. There are a variety of different factors that go into it that we really need to consider when we're going through our design. And fortunately, we tend to do very well in the competition. Last year, of course, the fly-off portion actually got canceled, but we do have a lot of strong riders on our team, especially our uh, program manager from last year, Ara, who wrote a report, and we actually ended up placing first place last year, which is really awesome. That's super cool. So the competition, I, I think like almost every major engineering school has a team competing, right? And typically you talked about the fly-off. Can you describe what that is? Yes. Yeah, so everyone will submit their own proposal and report. And if your design is judged to be good enough, you will be invited out to the fly-off. The fly-off alternates years uh, in Tucson, Arizona and in Wichita, Kansas. And basically what happens is all the engineering schools come out there with their planes. um, So they fly out. And the cool thing is that it also includes international teams. So we will have teams from across the entire globe coming out. And essentially what we do is just fly the planes and we get judged based upon those scoring parameters that I was talking about earlier. Okay. Awesome. That sounds super cool. Um, And I know air design team definitely has like a, a rich community at USC too. I would say like a lot of aerospace and mechanical engineers or astronautical engineers are, are part of this group to, to gain some hands-on experience. And you, usually you guys have a space in um, Beagler Hall, correct? Um, that you're actively, of course, you know, manufacturing your plane. So what does that look like this year when we're not on campus? Yes, yeah, so um, so we did have our lab in Vivian Hall. Uh, it was okay. a little bit of a small lab, yeah. Uh, so just right next to BHE. And this year was actually the year that everyone was supposed to move out into the Baum Family Makerspace in the um, the first floor of SSH. Um, so we couldn't get to move into our new new lab, obviously. And because no one can engage in those build processes right now, we're kind of constricted to our design work. And fortunately, we do have a lot of uh, computer-based tools that we have access to, but a lot of the build will have to wait until we can have access to a physical lab. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And I remember um, we had Professor Radovich on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and he, he advises the air design team. Um, and he was talking about maybe like sending like build kits out or something like that. Have you guys been able to do that or has it been more focused on on design work? Yeah, so our structures captain, actually, Diana, she had the great idea of getting um, some of our new members involved in actually physically constructing aircraft. And so we were able to assemble some very small glider kits, um, just with very basic elements, but we will be shipping them out shortly. And really, the intent of this is to um, kind of introduce those who are just brand new to the school, might be transfer students, might be freshmen who are just joining the club. Um, get them to start doing hands-on work and so that will just end up being a 
uh, I guess, uh, segue into the work that we do when we get back in the lab. They'll have a better understanding of how things work, what we're looking for in terms of our build and, and why we do the things the way we do them. That's awesome. And in terms of getting new members on the team, what was that process like? I know I can imagine it's tough for like first year students, transfer students right now, you know, not sort of having, um, I, I think it's harder to get involved in things, of course, in the, in the remote environment. So what did that look like for your team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely tough. You know, a lot of people just are trying to experiment with new things. They don't really know what their interests are. And so I've always been of the um, idea that at the beginning, people don't really join clubs for um, what they're doing, but they join it for the connections and the people that they can meet. And so it's been really important for us to um, connect with the new freshmen and new students that are interested, not just with the engineering principles, but also, you know, making sure that we take into account who they are, what things they like to do as well. Um, so, you know, when we were at our, the involvement fairs, both the general involvement fair, as well as one for Viterbi, um, as well as advertising in some of the aerospace and mechanical engineering courses, just trying to make those connections and get them to feel comfortable joining, especially because our meetings sometimes do go um, really technical and that can scare a lot of people away. But we try to make sure that they understand that it's not really important if you don't get everything. I know when I went to my first meeting, I didn't get a single thing. It was really complicated, but you know, three years later, I can confidently say that I'm glad I stuck with it. It's just those are small reassurances that can help them feel really comfortable that it is uh, the most important thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like kind of your air design team strategy right now, kind of within the remote environment is one focusing on design work, sort of like community, it sounds like, and then getting some uh, hardware out to people to sort of help them get their dip their toes into the material, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good good way to put it. That's awesome. So I guess kind of backing up a little bit just to what Aero Design Team is in general, what's your what's your role on the team? And you talked about like structures earlier. Can you kind of explain these different sort of areas that you all work in? Yeah, um, so I guess I'll start with my specific role. I am the operations manager, which is just a fancy way of saying treasurer. <laughs> I send out all of the uh, purchase orders for things that we need in lab, as well as any kind of purchases we would have to make for uh, the trip that we take at the end of the year. Of course, my job is probably the easiest one of them all right now, considering that I don't have to buy anything because we're all online. Um, but that's just one specific role. We have a variety of different captains um, that function in uh, different roles. So I guess at the top, we have our program manager, which is just fancy word for president. And that's really the person that leads the club, leads the meeting, attends all the uh, Viterbi meetings as well. And then going into the structure of the design team, uh, it starts with our chief engineer, Drew. And he's the one that starts off the year with setting the design objectives, doing the score analysis to kind of guide the team. And he has to have a really good understanding of not only how the scoring will work, but also how every single component of the plane will end up integrating into the plane at the end of the year. And so, you know, understanding aerodynamics and understanding airplane design from a very high level is important for the chief engineer and Drew does a great job of that. Um, Going from the chief engineer, we can go into really two different uh, groups of captains that we have. 
And the first are the analysis captains. And this is mostly the design work that I'm talking about. And a lot of what they're doing is dealing with high level computational uh, systems and understanding exactly how we're going to model this and how we can prove that our plane is the best plane. And once they're able to do that, we can kind of take those parameters that we've developed and send them off to our build team who will then design some of the things that will actually go into the physical, air, physical aircraft. And so on that build team, that includes those who will be designing the structure uh, as well as the fuselage at the wing. Um, we can talk about the landing gear as well. We can talk about the flight surfaces. So all these small things need to go into it together. And so all three of those groups kind of work together to ensure that our design is the best and that it is structurally sound so that we can fly. Okay, awesome. That's super cool. So it seems like, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, you don't have to be an aerospace engineering major to to be a part of this club because there's so many, obviously there's so many different components that go into um, some sort of RC plane like this. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess just for you personally, what do you think you've gotten out of um, like being on air design team throughout your your time at USC? I know we're we're wrapping it up here, so <laughs> I know it's it's been a ride. I would say <laughs> probably the um, the best thing I've gotten out of it is just really enhancing my uh, presentation skills. So every single Monday we have our weekly meetings um, and that's everyone in the club as well as our faculty advisors which is Dr. Radovich as well as our pilot Wyatt and we essentially just have to present what we've done through the week and at the very early stages it's very intimidating you know you're not very confident in your design and you'll go up there and present and get a lot of feedback and sometimes it can be really hard you're not used to that much feedback coming at you right at once um, but that's just in preparation to make the design better and even beyond just the Monday meetings, we also have our design reviews. We have a preliminary design review in which we introduce the design to a, um, a panel of advisors, not only who are faculty at USC, but also in the industry as well. And then we have our critical design reviewers where we should have more of a finalized design. And both of those are very professional events. We dress up, we are presenting to 30 plus people, and it can be very intimidating as well have to go up and defend your design in, in that way. And so really those two events strengthen the confidence, confidence that you have in your design and the ability to say, I know what I'm talking about. And I think that's really important as we move forward and go into our careers to have that confidence develop is huge. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's almost something we don't think about enough with, um, like maybe some of the most valuable skills you get out of just in general, kind of our, we're, we're both studying the same thing, but our undergraduate degree, like we always think, oh, you need X, Y, and Z technical skills, which is true, but to a certain extent, technology is always changing. Those are finite, but these skills where you can, you know, A, like work with a team and then B, sort of work with your team to present um, technical information, no matter what it is, is so important. Um, I, I think that's not something I realized my first year coming into school, but looking back on it, that's probably one of the one of the biggest things I've learned too. Um, so it's cool that you have that almost kind of formal setting and air design team to to exercise those skills. Yeah, I know. I know we have it have it in Mecca a little bit too, and design. But um, well, awesome. And then I'm curious. Um, 
So typically it sounds like right now you guys would probably be in a pretty intense design phase no matter what. Do, how much do you think the design phase is impacted by not being able to like prototype stuff in lab or that sort of thing? Is working, you know, in sort of virtual tools sufficient uh, to be able to prepare for those design reviews or what's that like this semester? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon yeah so yeah, that's a good question we typically do start with the design just on pen and paper right with our computer tools we're not getting to build it right away but around this time is when we would start having our first prototypes done and hopefully heading out to a local airfield so that we could fly and not being able to do that is huge because we can only predict certain phenomenon that we will uh, observe and we can't really experience that for ourselves. Fortunately, our pilot Wyatt also has some um, RC aircraft that he flies just personally and he was actually able to take those out by himself because we're not allowed to go out as students. And so he was able to take some video that would help us get a better understanding of how we can go about it. But not being able to do that ourselves is tough. As for just build in general, it's important to know that our captains start new every single year. So they're also honing their skills from the very beginning uh, of the year towards the very end. And so they have all the small little intricacies that they get better at throughout the year and not getting that experience from the get-go is tough. That just means we're going to have to spend more time down the line really refining our planes so that when we finally build the competition grade plane, it'll be as precise and as, uh, I guess, as good as it can possibly get. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And do you have a plan for down the line? I think there's a lot of uncertainty, like in the case that you know, next semester is in a remote environment too. I, I think none of us know what next semester really looks like, but will the competition be modified? So kind of like last year, maybe you don't have the portion where you travel to Kansas or Tucson, um, and then it'll be more just submitting your proposal. Do you know what that would look like? Uh, you know, it's, I guess it's up to speculation right now. I know that AIAA did say that they would be letting us know lo no later than November 20th. So just around the end of this first semester, what would happen? If I were to guess, it would probably be something similar to last year where they go ahead and continue with the written report, but they don't conduct the flyoff. In which case, we just want to continue doing what we're doing in terms of validating our design, showing on paper that we have found the optimal aircraft and being very persuasive with it. And 
And yeah, it is unfortunate that, that that is a very real possibility. But fortunately, computer tools do provide somewhat of an alternative that you know we are grateful to have. So we make the best of what we have, and and this seems very tight knit, and we really work together to you know make things better. So I'm not concerned at all. Totally, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there are so many computational tools that I think in reality too, that's what industry is using to design a lot of this stuff. It's not like um, as an engineer, you're always the one one building things. Um, maybe you're you're sending drawings to be manufactured. So I think you can still sort of get a, a pretty realistic experience um, even in the remote environment. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, I hope you guys are able to build and fly your plane, but if not, it sounds like um, you still have a lot of great things going for you. So any last words for anyone uh, either interested in design teams like Air Design Team or just interested in sort of getting hands-on experience uh, given the constraints of, of of right now? I guess my main thing would be if you are interested, reach out. And that's not just for our design team, that is for any kind of design team of Viterbi. And I think it can be very intimidating if you don't have any experience or you really don't know what you're doing. And it's just important to know that everyone's in that boat from the very beginning. So that shouldn't stop you from trying to get engaged in these new things. and just be confident and reach out. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Niraj. I really appreciate it. And I hope you are staying, staying well. <laughs> thank you for having me, Audrey. Take care. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, do you want to start off just by introducing yourself? Uh, my name is Emily. I'm a third year studying civil engineering, and I'm this year's Concrete Canoe Project Manager. Um, my hobbies are, um, baking alongside, um, at school, I'm involved with ASCE, which is the American Society of Civil Engineers, which is, uh, Concrete Canoe is a sub, a design team, a part of that, um, organization. And I'm also a part of, uh, Science Outreach, which is a, um, volunteer organization to teach, uh, second and third grader science every week. That's awesome. Well, thanks for being here. Um, and I guess just to start off, how are you doing uh, with everything going on right now? I'm doing, I'm doing well, hanging in there. I think the uh, first few weeks were easygoing. And then uh, the last two to three weeks were just midterms, midterms, midterms. And I think we got over that uh, first wave right now. So I think it's, it's been uh, chill at the moment, but that's yeah. <laughs> midterm, midterm season is tough. Uh, I think especially uh, with the remote, it makes it a little hard. But um, well, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And I know today uh, we're going to talk about Concrete Canoe. So do you mind just introducing what Concrete Canoe is and um, maybe the connection, uh, as you sort of described earlier, um, to the broader like civil engineering organization? Yeah, so Concrete Canoe is a design team that's a part of the American Society of Civil Engineers. Um, the ASCE organization at USC has a lot of uh, different sub design teams, such as environmental, uh, steel bridge, concrete canoe, and transportation. But Concrete Canoe um, has its own design team. And on a usual basis in normal times, we'd be on campus making concrete mixes. Um, we would um, make the concrete mixes in the fall semester and test them 
to see their strength and then we would decide which mix we would use for the placement of the canoe. Um, it would usually, we would usually build a 19 foot long, about 300 pound uh, concrete canoe. And yes, it does float. Um, <laughs> a lot of people think that concrete floating is something that's um, extraordinary, but I've learned that since my freshman year that it does work. I've seen it firsthand, um, actually paddled in it. So it does hold um, four people in it uh, in the race. Um, and so I think that's really cool to learn about um, concrete. Uh, right now I'm taking a class that's quite related, but when I first joined, obviously, I had never experienced um, touching concrete, like concrete mix. Obviously we have concrete on the pavement, the roads, but we don't actually see how it's made, how it's done. Um, so I think getting firsthand experience through the organization was very helpful to me. And so I think, uh, yeah, it's very helpful. <laughs> awesome. So your team, first semester, you make your own mix of concrete, which is awesome. And then you design and build a canoe made of the concrete. And then there's a competition, right? Where you uh, kind of you use the canoe and, and do you compete against other schools from the region or, or how does that element work? Um, yeah, so the first semester, we focus on the themes and the aesthetic design and um, the structural design of the canoe, like what it's gonna be for the competition. Uh, we make mixes in, um, we call them cylinders, um, and then we take them to the lab um, in CAP, and we just test them and see which would be the strongest and fits the requirement of the competition. Um, in the spring, we have a designated day to make the canoe, which is poor day. Uh, usually it lasts about 12 hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And so we have everyone from the club come join. Um, we make the mixes, so they're pretty... Um, uh, moist and so like before they uh, dry um, so that they could be placed on the canoe. Um, that canoe is placed, that canoe is let there for 28 days to cure so it can harden and um, uh, build its strength. During that time the team um, has its paddling practices. Um, we do the technical proposal that which is also a component of the competition and also um, have like meetings to just um, get to um, for the canoe to to we understand like get prepared for the competition and so in in um, usually it's April this year it's in March it's a little earlier than usual in April we head to a school that hosts the competition we call it PSWC which is the Pacific Southwest Conference um, and then there we have a lot of components. We have the presentation of the canoe, um, the aesthetic presenta uh, presentation. So we have to set up the canoe, um, have a, like we demonstrate the, we have a, its own, um, how do I say this? It's kind of like a presentation for the judges the day before. So it's like a visual presentation that the, the judges walk around and see like, so two years ago, um, it was watermelon themed. So we had like a watermelon picnic uh, basket area. That's like the part of the aesthetics with the canoe next to it. Um, and then alongside that, uh, we also have the paddling races, which we have teams. Um, it's usually uh, two female, two men, two male, and then a, a co-ed of four on. Um, so it's three races total. And so um, we race against um, other schools who built their concrete canoe. Um, and then we just, uh, the rate, the time and the race, like who comes in first, second, uh, gets 
uh, yeah, so whoever comes in first, second gets points for that specific race. Got it, got it. So kind of a lot, but. <laughs> That's awesome. And is it, is the club like restricted to only civil engineers or do you have all, all sorts of engineers or non-engineers on it? Um, absolutely not. So um, two years ago, before I had joined, we had a canoe captain that was actually a mechanical engineer. He helped um, design like the whole design of the canoe, which is uh, how we get it sent to the the people who make the mold for the canoe. Um, and he also helped us uh, make a hot wire cutter that actually we use to this day. Um, and then last year we had other majors such as business who were interested in just concrete canoe come help us out. So we're very welcoming of all sorts of majors, all sorts of people who are interested in just learning about concrete um, join us. That's awesome. And sort of as the project manager, right, of, of concrete canoe, what is your role in compass and what does that look like for you? Um, I think this year it's going to be a little different. Uh, last year I was uh, merely just the assistant project manager. So I assisted the project managers who manage uh, a lot of things. Um, they uh, are in charge of buying the materials and the proportions for such as like the aggregates for the concrete, the cement and the, um, the liquid. They're in charge of that and then um, managing the meetings and uh, members who want to come uh, help out during those times, um, getting those uh, mixes and testing was also one of the project managers last year's um, duties. This year, um, I see it a little different because we are kind of going virtual this semester. So everything would be online. Um, we would be, as a project manager this year, I think it's really important to like man, like just have meetings and get everyone involved. Um, and then my assistant project managers also really help during this time because I think it would be really overwhelming to just manage everything um, on its own. So like they help with meetings and getting everyone like excited to be joining. Um, and then we're doing a tech, for this year, we're doing a technical, we're proposing um, a concrete mix that might work, that adheres to the rules. So we can't go to the lab to do testing. So everything would have to be done by calculations. So I think as a project manager, I just help lead that and um, just see how like everything works out yeah, for now. Totally, that makes sense. And you kind of started to mention um, like some of the changes this year, given that you know we're all in a remote environment, no, no work is happening, happening on campus. So how has that, impacted your team um, and you mentioned like everything is hand calculations instead of testing what do, yeah what do you think the impact will be to to your team for that um, personally um, if I'm speaking for this semester so far we just had our first meeting yesterday which was just an introduction to the club um, uh, partly due on my part was because um, I think everything being on zoom it was kind of overwhelming at first so it was kind of um, difficult to get everything on board. So like, okay, this is time to make, to have a meeting. Um, I think one of the difficult parts about doing hand calculations is actually understanding um, the concrete mix and the design and like, like how um, the different portions of um, materials come together. Doing that virtually is um, going to be really tough because um, Concrete Canoe is a very hands-on um, or uh, like design team. So um, a lot of people get their experience um, mixing the concrete, the port, the 
um, the little, so I don't know if this is um, too much information, but usually when we make the concrete mixes, we have um, the amount of uh, aggregates and liquids um, labeled in pounds so that we measure it out and stuff. But then this time we have to calculate that and this, uh, the members who want to join, they aren't able to like um, get the hands-on experience. So it'll have to be a lot of thinking and mentally. And I don't know if that uh, explains that, but. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's, I can totally relate to this. I think it's hard to sort of contextualize and visualize like why you're doing certain calculations without, you know, actually getting to build stuff. You know, you can only be stuck in that design sort of sphere for so long until you really need to test something. Or like you said, you know, usually you guys will be testing uh, mixes right now or, or until you need to build something. So I can totally relate to how that, that is gonna be a challenge for, for your team. Are there any ways you're sort of planning on, on mitigating that and making sure, especially maybe new members like have the support they need to, to know how to do those, those calculations? Um, I think, um, on previous years, the project managers would sort of make, uh, the mixes and test them in the lab. And this year, I think being more transparent, um, because my freshman year, when I first joined, I think it was really difficult for me to like, just understand, like I was a freshman in civil engineering. I didn't have a lot of experience mm -hmm. in anything. So just getting the hands-on experience was very helpful, but this year, since we're kind of all, um, learning about the hand calculations of myself, even, I think it's um, really, I think it's nice. It would be nice to just be more transparent. Like if I were to do a certain calculations for the proposal, I would have, um, I would show the team members and we would be able to discuss it. So everyone would be on board. Um, I think that's a good idea to just, because um, I myself is, al I'm also learning the calculations. I haven't really done much, but I think um, having a team that discusses it um, would be very helpful for this semester, especially. Definitely, that makes sense. And I think that sort of brings like one other element of why design teams are so important. Like obviously we're getting this through design teams, you get this hands-on experience that we've kind of been discussing and, and technical you know, background too. But another big element is the community part of it and getting to meet with people. I guess, what do you feel like lost from that being online and how do you think like Concrete Canoe and maybe the American Society of Civil Engineers at USC more broadly can kind of like fill in those gaps and, and help people, you know, make friends in this virtual environment and still sort of feel feel together? Yeah, so uh, usually you said it all. Um, <laughs> when we come together and make concrete mixes, we really bond together. We're just kind of like getting our hands dirty, um, talking about our day. I think now it's very difficult because um, I find that Personally, Zoom isn't um, super inviting for me. I don't, I'm on Zoom for classes all day. So when we do have um, meetings, we plan on having like socials. So like um, next week we plan on discussing the theme but also making it casual. So it's not gonna be super formal. Um, like, like they're hearing another presentation or another lecture. It'll just be, okay, we're here to come together. We'll talk, um, get to know each other. And also like, what are some theme ideas that you have for this year's canoe? Um, just playing some games. And I think having these socials are really important to um, just like 
getting to know each other as friends because I think it, it might be a little awkward just being like yesterday we had our first meeting if we didn't uh, break the ice it would have just been people with their cameras off just listening to us but we got them involved and uh, got to know about them so I think um, doing that and ASCE um, also like being inviting in that sort it would be super helpful in making friends and um, acquaintances within ASCE. That's awesome yeah I think it's totally true. It's easy to sort of, you know, have your video off and sort of passively engage with things. But, you know, for students to get to know each other, you kind of have to get past that. So that's cool that you guys have done that. And and I guess just like pre-COVID, what do you think, like for you personally, you talked about how like mixing the concrete together was super fun. Like what sort of friendships have you, have you made from being involved in ASE and Concrete Canoe? Um, speaking from personal experience, I do know that um, everyone in uh, ASCE is uh, civil engineering. So, at this, like, not there are some other majors, but um, the majority is civil engineering. And I think that um, as a civil engineering major, um, us all bonding together, talking about what we like about school, what we don't like about our classes. Some upperclassmen have experience in uh, classes that they have taken before me. So they like to give advice about what we can do to achieve in the class, what we can avoid. Like uh, maybe we study specifically for this class. It's really important that we make sure we study enough for this class or this class there's um, whatever um, advice that they have. I think that's really fun um, when we have our meetings, we just kind of talk together um, during that time. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I always hear, I feel like civil engineering is one of the closest major majors. I think like a lot of people are friends in the majors just because it is a little bit smaller. Um, and I think that's super cool to, to have that. Um, so that's awesome. And then I guess kind of taking a step back, looking at concrete. I love the way you talked about concrete and being so passionate about it. I have always been super interested in concrete personally as well. Um, so I guess just from from concrete canoe, what are some of the like interesting things you've learned about this material? I think like oftentimes we sort of take it for granted a little bit. Yeah, so I I didn't know, um, as I mentioned earlier, concrete has a, uh, a curing process. So um, when it's mixed first, it has to be um, cured. So it hardens and it, it, it reaches its maximum potential of its strength. And I didn't really know that before like we see them on the roads but we don't really um I don't know I didn't really have much knowledge so it's just learning about the curing process was super interesting to me um I think one of the um fun things about uh concrete are the ink like the materials that are a part of it I didn't know we actually use uh cement so Portland cement is a, we know that cement is a part of concrete but there are so many aggregates that were involved um, like these little um, sand that helps um, make the concrete um, uh, stronger. And um, for the competition itself, we have to make sure it's not super heavy. Obviously, it's really difficult. It's actually really heavy. The 300 pound canoe, when we go practicing, we have about like uh, five or six people carry the <laughs> canoe and the concrete we know is, is heavy. So um, just seeing that float is very, very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I, I think I loved what you said earlier too. Like, you know, some people think concrete floating is extraordinary, but 
you know, you guys are, are able to achieve it. So that's great. Like, I guess just to conclude, are, are there, is there any advice you'd have, I guess, either for, um, you know, new students looking to, to get some community, get involved in design teams during this remote time, or, or even, you know, people in high school sort of looking ahead? Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I think during this time, um, if, if they want to get involved, it's really important to just go ahead and um, go to the meetings, learn what it's all about, whether you might be interested or not, um, learning about it firsthand, um, seeing if you like it. If not, you could always switch over to something else. The people on the teams, whether it is Concrete Canoe or another team, they're very, very welcoming. Um, I think that... Um, no one should be intimidated based off of like, oh, I think concrete, I don't know anything about concrete or I don't know anything about steel like for steel bridge. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'd fit in there. Uh, I think I'd, I would just say like, go ahead and see what you can learn from there. Um, it's really, really cool and fascinating to just hear about it, learn about it, make new friends. And during this time, um, yes, it might be a little, uh, tiring to go on more Zoom calls, but uh, some of them aren't as uh, luxury. They're just super casual and get to know people um, uh, meetings during this time. So I think that's some advice that I would give. Just like, don't be afraid to be intimidated about like not knowing what is going on because I didn't know anything that was going on in Concrete Canoe when I first joined freshman year, but I've learned so much and I'm really, I'm really appreciative of that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I'm excited to see uh, what your what your team does this year with Concrete Canoe, and I hope you are staying well um, and getting getting through uh, the Zoom. Yeah, we're, we're really hanging in there during this time. <laughs> Great, and we're back. <laughs> so um, now. I think one of the things that I learned uh, recently is that a lot of the, the, the pandemic, because a lot of our design teams are actually part of uh, larger competitions. And a lot of those competitions and rules and regulations and everything else is still unknown. Uh, do, do we have a sense of, of how this is shaping up for the competitions? Yeah. So for both of these teams that I spoke to, um, they think they'll know kind of within the next month or two, um, but they they don't know for sure for sure yet. Um, but in both air design teams case and concrete um, canoes case, they were confident that like some element of the competition could um, still be in place, even if um, we continue into kind of this totally remote world uh, well into the spring. So for example, um, like a big part of air design teams uh, competition with AIAA, which is the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. Um, a big part of their competition is a proposal and like a written report about their mm-hmm. aircraft. Um, yeah. so, you know, that's a lot of a lot of what we do as engineers too. So um, yeah. 
well, maybe a little, a little less fun, I might say, than, than actually building things, but it's an important, it's an important part. And that's kind of how they were able to compete last year, actually. Um, Uh, I think something similar with concrete canoe as well, like the, the competition includes a lot of different elements, one of which is sort of a written report. Um, so they're, it'll definitely go forward in one way or another. I think, of course, everyone wants to, to actually to get to, to build something, but I think, um, the, the competitions they take place in are, are, uh, will be agile to, to the moment and still allow them to at least, uh, show their designs at minimum. So. Yeah. Cause when I think one of the largest parts of these competitions is always going to the competition. Uh, and, and then the sometimes unforeseen problems, unforeseen engineering problems of getting to the competition, uh, which is always my favorite part of, of watching students work through some of these issues. Some of them are business problems, like we got to raise the money to travel to this particular uh, city. Um, I remember one particular story of Concrete Canoe when the Concrete Canoe competition was in Hawaii. Ooh. Everyone was super excited. And it was like, oh, next year's Hawaii, next year's Hawaii. And then a couple months later, they're like, how are we going to get the canoe to Hawaii? <laughs> Because it's a concrete canoe, and it already had, you know, you, usually, you know, it already had like a, a freight charges because they had to like ship it on trucks. And now all of a sudden, they're trying to figure out well, how are we going to get it over to Hawaii? Like, what are we going to do with this whole thing? Um, and so, it, 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 this pandemic obviously is is changing everything. That I mean, that's kind of the most non no brainer comment ever. But um, it, it's interesting to to see that you know, regardless of, of challenges, things are persisting things are modifying, things are changing. They're never going to be the way that they were, but at least, you know, at least we're, we're you know, everyone's trying to do something. And I think that's uh, the cool part about this. Um, maybe it's resilience that everybody is, is, is uh, creating uh, for themselves. Uh, and, and hopefully it, um, one day it'll, it'll all get back to a normal or, or maybe create new versions of it. So thanks again for, for bringing this. How's everything in, in your world? You're still in Colorado? Yep, still here. Um, still taking my classes online. So kind of, um, yeah, I think for, for a lot of us, uh, you know, every day, it's interesting because I think at school we have like somewhat of a routine, but every day is different. Um, whereas now I don't really feel like I have a routine, but I also feel like every day kind of feels the same. So I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's, it is really interesting kind of you know, our whole lives are, um, kind of through our computers. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely, I feel like some eye strain over time. I think my, my vision and hearing, um, may be damaged from like, I'm trying not to wear ear, like earbuds anymore when I yeah. listen to classes, because I think, I think I have lost a little bit of hearing from it. Yeah, I, I, I would just get uncomfortable after a while. I mean, like I was using earbuds for a little bit for certain meetings because I thought it might help. And now I'm like, this is, this is not helping at all. It's actually just bugging me more. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like it was just more pronounced in my ear. Um, <laughs> well, hey, uh, kudos to you and your, you know, colleagues and partners and friends and all this and, and still kind of keeping your head up and, and your resilience. Uh, and for all of our listeners out there, uh, you know, I know it's not any easier for you as you get through your your high school years or if you're at another college or wherever you might be. And for the parents out there, I feel you too. This, is, <laughs> this isn't easy on anybody. Uh, and so um, hang in there. 
uh, you know, the admission process for fall 2021 continues to move forward. Uh, if you haven't started your application yet, I encourage you to go to commonapp.org and start filling out the application. Make sure you list USC as one of the schools you're planning on applying to. And if you're listening, if you're thinking about applying to USC as an engineering student, I'm assuming so because you're listening to this podcast, then you want to make sure that you list one of the Viterbi School majors as your first choice major on the application. So that's any one of the engineering or computer science majors, including undeclared engineering is one of your options. And you can put that down as your first choice major on the application so that you can properly be considered for the Viterbi School of Engineering for fall 2021. If you're a first year applicant, meaning you're in high school right now, or if you have yet to graduate from high school, that's a more important point, uh, then you need to make sure that you apply by December 1st. Applying by December 1st, we'll make sure that you're in contention and in consideration for our merit-based scholarship. So that's a good idea for everybody. There's a January deadline, but I usually don't tell anybody that because it doesn't make any sense to apply then and make sure you apply by December 1st. If you are a prospective transfer student, think about transferring from your community college or from the university that you're attending right now. Your application is due February 1st. No need to worry about it right now. Uh, for all of you, there are a number of different information sessions that continue to be held. We hold uh, about three different events per week related to admission information sessions. Tuesdays and Thursday afternoons for first-year applicants, Fridays for transfer uh, prospective students, and we have some select Saturday events for first-year applicants as well. Go to viterbi.live slash events to make sure that you see all of those links. In addition to a number of other events that Audrey and some of her friends are putting together, we have some student live chats that are going on every other Sunday night. And we also have uh, faculty sessions that have been going on that have been quite successful. We've run three so far, and there are a number of them still left to register for. If your specific interest uh, discipline has already passed, you can watch the recording at that website that I just gave, viterbi.live slash events, or you can register for an upcoming one, and we'd love to see you there. So uh, with that, we will say goodbye, and we will see you next time.